Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse in a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. It's a beautiful, really kind of cold and chilly, windy, but beautiful Thursday evening. And um, I'm in the studio in downtown, well, kind of South Bellevue with Tom, our um, sound engineer. And we also have Dr. Astra Pajari, who is a guest with us tonight, who will be talking to us about her interesting discovery through allopathic medicine and holistic medicine, um, how she came up with um, her belief system and the Pajari Center and how she approaches her patients for health and healing. So welcome very much, Astrid, to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's lovely having you here. It's the first time I met you, but I feel like, you know, I've seen your picture a few times on the website, and I, when I met you, I thought, I, I already know you. <laughs> similar. Yeah, similar feeling. Yeah, so absolutely welcome. It's lovely to have you. Um, I was reading over here, you know, your credentials are absolutely lovely, that you're an internist and um, a certified medical herbalist with years of experience providing consultations about the safe and effective integration of conventional and alternative therapies. And so how did that all happen for you? You know, you obviously head off to medical school, I'm assuming sometime in your 20s. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, the way that all happened was not by necessarily my planning, which <laughs> the best things never are. Right. And I basically took a couple years off between college and medical school, and I actually didn't even know if I was going to go to medical school. But I ended up one day finding a book in the library called Edible Wild Plants, and I just knew when I saw that book that it was something I was had always been fascinated by, but I didn't really know the book existed or that I was even interested in it until I saw the book. <laughs> but I ended up going home with an enormous stack of um, library books about botanic, you know, botanical medicine, Native American use of medicine, um, especially when it relates to plants. And for the next two years, I ended up doing a lot of camping and hiking and wild plant identification and wow. using those things. And then I came to kind of a crisis point because at that point I'd already been accepted at Tufts Medical School and I wasn't sure I wanted to go and I thought maybe I'd go and get a PhD in botany. And I just one day woke up and I just kind of knew I was going to go to medical school, but I was going to incorporate this somehow in it. And um, it evolved from there. Wow. Well, you picked the perfect time to do it. I mean, here you are now established. You have your own center. You've spent time in traditional medicine and holistic, you know, working at Bastyr and Virginia Mason and I'm sure other places, the University of Washington. And, and we're in this place now in our consciousness collectively. We're more and more and maybe more so in the Pacific Northwest because we tend to be more progressive, I think, in our thoughts about healing. But you're at the perfect place. I mean, you planned it or unplanned it. Beautifully, you know, so that um, more and more people can learn to come to their health practitioners and find a wealth of information and tools for them to heal. Yeah, and I guess that's what I really believe is that one single paradigm really doesn't work. You know, it's kind of like saying there's no one single path to figuring out an answer and that really it's helpful if anybody, but especially when you're talking about healers or a, or a doctor, whoever has the ability to change paradigms if one isn't working. 
And I think sometimes the way it works, even in the Seattle area, which is so progressive, is people end up having to switch people all the time. They go to a naturopath for one thing. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're an, um, their energy worker for another, their doctor for another. And even within doctors, there's about 20, you know, 30 different people they might be seeing. Right. You know, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist. And we all need each other. And I think there's something to be said for somebody who can help to integrate those right. things. And because what I think ends up happening is a lot of times patients end up having to integrate those things on their own. And so it's helpful, I think, sometimes to have somebody who can walk in multiple worlds and help people to synthesize information when it's not necessarily, you know, if you didn't go to medical school, how are you going to understand right. and balance all those different perspectives? So, and not just medical school. I mean, obviously, uh, there's millions of holistic techniques and all that. So I think that's what I end up, I end up doing. I agree, because, you know, unless you have some insight about the labs that a patient is undergoing in an allopathic, um, you know, institution or the CT scans that they're getting, you know, it is difficult to, you know, help them move through those assessments easily. So I agree. I I think that's highly, highly necessary. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I kind of consider myself to be is a bridge between multiple worlds. (laughs) Right. I I think it's wonderful. We're so glad that you chose what you did and found those books in the library. And and then you went off to Europe, actually, and studied herbal medicine. Is that correct? Yeah, I got the equivalent of a four-year degree from a... The reason is because herbalist... um, Well, medical herbalism isn't really an established degree here in Mm. the U.S. And so... You know, even though there's some really great herbalists in the U.S., there's not necessarily a, a true degree in it, and it's not really as well recognized. So I wanted to go somewhere where they had national certification and, you know, boards, and they actually had prescribing privileges to a certain extent. So that's why I ended up going to London for the for the training for that. Um, and then and then you came back to the States and began working here, and then eventually right. opened the Pajari Center. Right. Yeah. How long have, has the Pajari Center been open? Three years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And that's in Seattle. You, you and I were talking right before we went on air, and it's right across from the REI downtown. So great location. We all pretty much know where the climbing wall is in, in <laughs> REI. And what I'm going to do is, Tom, why don't you go ahead and give out our phone numbers, because you know we are so lucky to have Dr. Pajari in the studio tonight. And if people have questions, I'm sure that she'll give her insight and wonderful medical knowledge um, to the airways. So go ahead, Tom. Excellent. Uh, if you'd like to call in today, the numbers are one 825 8828 That number one more time, toll free, 877-825-8828. Or if you're in the local area, you can give us a call at 425-373-5527. Wonderful. And we already have um, some people on the line, so why don't we go ahead and go to the phones? We do. We've got uh, Linda on the line from Seattle. Great. Hi, Linda. Oh, hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. What can um, Dr. Pajari or I or whomever is around, what can we do for you? Okay. Um, You know, I was calling in just because in the past, oh, about um, three and a half weeks, I felt um, a little bit under the weather. Yes, I live in Seattle. could have something to do with that. But um, what it's been is I've had two incidences where I've been, you know, woken up out of a sleep with a really pounding headache. And then I, you know, feel nauseous and and I've um, thrown up for about... Um, six hours, you know, after that. And I did go to my regular doctor, and they're thinking it might be migraines, and I didn't know if it's, um, if, you know, if it could be hormones because I'm 52 um, or stress or whatever. So I just didn't know what tips you might have, either of you. Well, I think, Linda, you have 
comments on that first? or No, you go right ahead, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that could be. <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, it's kind of hard for me to answer that without, without he- seeing you in person, actually. Um, you know, one thing I could tell you is it feels like, you know, just from an intuitive standpoint that there's grief. Um, ah. So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but, you know, maybe Linda could comment on that a little bit more. Oh, that's probably interesting. Uh, it makes me think of, of children leaving the home, going off to college, finding their own place, things like that. It could be, yeah. And uh, so, and, but from a medical standpoint, you know, it, usually when you, with that sort of thing, we need to do kind of more of an evaluation, so an exam and things like that to kind of figure out what's going on with the hormones or, you know, get more of a detailed history. Okay. Yeah, and so was that the only episode you had? In, was that just that one time, or has um, no, it continued? No, I've, I've had two. One was about oh. three weeks, uh, three and a half weeks ago, and one was about a week ago. Right. And so when you were talking about the grief, which, lovely, what a, a great intuitive hit on that. Um, because, you know, what's interesting with you, when I look at you, Linda, is um, I think you might hide your grief. <laughs> you know, like you tend to be this happy, smiling you know, person full of bright light and just kind of glowing, actually, and then hiding your feelings. And so maybe those feelings are kind of making a, more of a public appearance. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it sounds like um, just for me to really also, um, you know, look at that, look at the grief. And um, uh, is I'm just wondering, is there any particular... Um, Oh, I don't know, kind of also any other kind of energy work that, that could help release that at all or um, I guess I haven't done I guess I haven't done a whole lot of grief work. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's it, you know it's, it's interesting that Dr. Pajari pointed that out right away. You yeah. Know? So it's something you haven't done, but yet, um, something that's there that probably does need to be moved. Are you going to become an empty nester? Because you talked briefly about kids in college and graduating all those oh, things. Oh, did you say am I going to be what? An empty nester or? Oh no, not for about three more years. But as as each one goes, it seems like you know things come up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, well, in, in my opinion, I'm sure, you know, um, Astrid has wonderful things to say, um, is really to just feel the feeling, you know, instead of trying to block it or pretend like it's not there. You know, like when you go to that really happy place trying to make sure everybody else is fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's lovely that I'm sure that's your family appreciates that about you to have this bright, cheerful, you know, um, you know, affect. But then you negate your own emotions and, right. and then they build up inside of you. OK. Yeah. Right. So go ahead and cry. Okay. <laughs> I'll be crying in a few weeks. My youngest is graduating, so we'll cry together. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue to listen and, and um, see how the rest of the show goes. Great. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. And so why don't we continue on to the phones, Tom? Okay. We've got uh, JJ and Goodall. And it looks like dual locations, England and Seattle. Don't know how that's possible. <laughs> Well, kind of your stomping ground, so. <laughs> Hello, JJ. Hi. Hi. What can we do for you tonight? I have my sister on the other line, and she speaks English, but she gets um, kind of scared uh, with that she doesn't understand very well, and she's calling from England, London. That's great. <laughs> so her problem is it's her husband. He in the past has been very sick 
and um, she's worried about him. He's deteriorating and losing so much weight. He's had MRIs, X-rays, you name it. The doctors have done it. They can't find anything wrong with him. Hmm. And um, how old is he? And and uh, what's his name? His name's Balbir. B A L B I R. Hmm. And he's sixty-five. Hmm. Sixty. Sixty-six. Right. So, in terms from again from a medical standpoint, usually, uh, you know, in order to really be able to accurately answer your question, I would have to look at what studies had been done. So, you know, the MRI, those labs, and get a full history. Um, and if that is helpful for you, you can certainly call my office and I do phone consults. So, I always am happy to serve in that way. Um, it's it may be something that intuitively, I don't know if energetically um, Marie would be able to comment on that, but I'm not really sensing a lot myself right now on that. Well, you know um, how I'm feeling is, um, and this is a medical term, failure to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's actually a term mostly used in with infants um, after birth or children who aren't nursing very well or eating very well. Um, but it's it's something I've looked at energetically at some people at different points in their life, maybe because of grief. And a lot of times when something's mentioned at the top of a show, it could be a theme throughout a show, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would agree. In fact, that's interesting because that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, but that was just the last person. Oh, you are so <laughs> intuitive. <laughs> Clearly, you're very intuitive. Yeah, so there's something, you know, that he's not, um, I think he's very sad. Maybe he's had people in his life who have passed away, or perhaps it has to be a work thing. You know, sometimes when people reduce the amount of time that they work, or they maybe they've worked for a very long time, and they haven't really enjoyed their career process. But there's definitely a failure to thrive, so he's not you know, using his nutrition very well or taking in what he needs, which would be wonderful for Dr. Bajari to help him with that, help him use foods that could use really well in his metabolism and absorb um, more readily with, I'm sure, nutrients and herbs. And In terms of if it is, tr- it if, if it is failure to thrive and it's a nutritional absorption problem, then one thing you can do that's pretty simple is, well, there's a couple things. One is um, give um, a protein powder. Uh, once or twice a day, and uh, you can get as simple as a whey protein powder, uh, which... Yeah, I did tell him that. Good, yeah. So you can do 15 grams of protein two times a day, usually mixed in juice, or sometimes you can even put that in a blender with banana and berries and yogurt, something to make it taste good. Yeah, but um, nothing works for him. He just stays um, sick. Right. Is there... Uh, he's nothing. Um, she wants to know there's nothing wrong with him. Is there anything you see that the doctors don't see? Well, that I think Linda just, co- or excuse me, um, Marie just commented. Marie. Yeah, she just commented on failure to thrive and not absorbing nutrition properly because of grief. She had just commented yeah. on that. Yeah, he's so grieving, that, yeah. Yeah, that's something that's, you know, unless you address the emotional component, we can do right. physical things till the kingdom cows come home, but right. it's not going to undo an emotional exactly. pattern. We're so powerful as human beings with our thoughts and our emotions that if that's going on, it's going to be hard to undo. We can support it physically, 
But yeah, it's yeah. really important to look at that emotional piece. And, you know, I think right. it would be great if your sister and brother-in-law called the Pachari Center. I can tell that they're going to get the support they need because he needs something rapidly as well. You know, something yeah. that is going to help with his physical body while he also works on the emotional component. And, and I, I can just see the conversation and, and the wonderful feelings and exchanges going back and forth. So that's a great option for, um, for your family. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. And, oh, yes. One more question. She wants to ask about her job, the one she's working in um, uh, school. She mm-hmm. cleans. Mm-hmm. Is it good job that she stay, or should she well, look for another one? Well, I think she should. Anna, you're a uh, cleaning house. I, I cleaning think... house you want? You're going to find Well, I, I really oh. do think that she should quit her job, but I don't think she will. So, okay. you know, so what what I would recommend then is to go ahead and start looking for something that's fun, you know, something okay. that she can have the same sort of resources, but that will really let her have fun and have some joy. That could also help with the family dynamics and help with the grief issue with her husband as well. And, okay. and so look for something fun, not hard working because she's worked very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Told her that. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, they should be listening to you, it sounds like, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, um, I have a huge family and not everybody listens to me either. And and sometimes our job is is as practitioners or as family members is not necessarily always to give advice. And it's just to be active in the family and to love one another. And you're doing a great job doing that. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much okay. for calling in. Thank right, you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And so, Dr. Prajari, you also have a column in The Times. That's that's how I actually found out about you. My assistant, her husband was reading the newspaper because I don't read the paper. And he, he um, said, oh, Marie should have, you know, this lovely lady on the show. And I had the paper for a long time before I remembered to gaze at it again. And so how is that column going? It looked beautiful, what I saw. It was it was great. I did it just until about a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And it was actually great. I think, um, well, there's been a big reorganization at CL Times. Oh. I don't know if you know, but Mm-mm. a real big, you know, reorganization. And there's been, um, you know, quite a bit of uh, layoffs in CL Times and stuff like that. So because of that reorganization, they had to change the structure of the newspaper, so that column's gone. But I still write articles for them. Wonderful. So I just, yeah, I just finished one. And the nice thing about it, and I'm really excited about it, is that I'm going to be able to write a lot more mind-body-oriented uh, articles and um, and do probably lengthier ones. So um, I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about having a little bit more range, you know. I think it's lovely. It's obviously a huge way to reach a lot of people, you know, and, and sometimes people as they're learning about bod, body, mind, and spirit, they're a little uncomfortable and sometimes afraid to ask questions. And it's a wonderful way for them to get great, accurate advice. And they don't have to talk to anyone if they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that you were writing the articles, but the column could very well come back as well. You know, I really do think it will. I think there'll be some popular demand and you'll be getting a phone call in a few months. And <laughs> Apparently there's been quite yeah, a few. Yeah. Okay. Years. See? Yes. So that will definitely be happening. Yeah. So we're going to love to. Yeah, oh, good. Because I would love to see that again. I was I was actually very proud of the Seattle Times. They did a good job. So that was wonderful. So we're going to go ahead and take one more phone call. And then we're going to go to break. 
So we have one more person on the line, correct? We, we do. We've got Karen on the line from Linwood. Hi, Karen. What can Dr. Pajari do for you tonight? Oh, good evening. Um, well, maybe the combination of both of you. Uh, I've been seeing Zora. Marie, you know who Zora is. Yes. I forgot you through Zora. Right. She's and a nurse so practitioner. Yes. Yes, I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's and, lovely. Um, yeah. So we've been... I have... I, my adrenals are very low, and I'm having a hard time finding something I'm not sensitive to taking to heal that. I also know that my iron is low, but my complaint tonight, just to give you those two pieces of information, my complaint tonight is I bruise very easily, and my hands are bruised. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they bruise so easily, but then they get these big, like, purple blotches. I know that something, you know, veins or whatever are breaking in there. But it's most embarrassing. What can I take? My system's very sensitive. I've tried vegetable iron. I can't take iron, but I've tried the vegetable. I've tried different things to aid this. I mean, it's really embarrassing because your hands are so visible. And um, I'm wondering, I don't know if I described it enough that you can tell me what it might be and what I might take for that. Karen, there's a lot of things that will do that. I can give you, if it is just simple, easy bruising, um, and that's assuming a lot that there's no other underlying medical conditions, that your clotting ability is normal and all that. But from a medical standpoint, um, it sounded to me like you'd had somebody evaluate you. So I'd recommend that, of course, um, always. But in, in general, they're actually the man who... Um, originally discovered vitamin C in the in the early 1900s, he initially distilled out a um, crude extract of vitamin C, and he gave it to his friend for scurvy. And miraculously, you know, this is how they figured out vitamin C cured scurvy, was, you know, he got better, and his, his bleeding and easy bruisability went away. And then about, let's say, a few years later, his friend called him back up and said, hey, can you give me some more of that stuff for, for my scurvy? I have it again. At this point, the gentleman had distilled out an even more pure form of vitamin C, which we now know as vitamin C, known as ascorbic acid. And as it turned out, it didn't work as well for the scurvy. The crude extract worked better. And so vitamin C in in conventional medicine is well known for its ability to um, repair collagen within blood vessels as well as in tissues in general. So it strengthens tissues. That's why people use it topically for wrinkles and other things like that. Um, But in general, when you're trying to strengthen um, capillaries, you can use a combination of vitamin C with something called bioflavonoids. And bioflavonoids are naturally found in that crude extract of vitamin C. In nature, you always find vitamin C in combination with flavonoids. So in terms of types of flavonoids, probably one of the most potent for healing um, capillaries and easy bruisability is known as either grape seed extract, okay. grape seed extract, so uh-huh. not grapefruit seed, right. um, or pycogenol. So you spell that P-Y-C-O-G-E-N-O-L. Either one of those has equal efficacy. <clears throat> Sometimes grape seed extract is a bit cheaper, and I'd recommend 300 milligrams of that two times a day in addition to using vitamin C. So that would be one simple thing that you could try um, for your easy bruisability. Excellent. That and sounds so how fantastic. much vitamin C then would you recommend? Usually 1,000 milligrams three times a day, as long as you don't have any kidney problems or history uh-huh. of kidney stones. And I drink 
loads of water as well, so I should be okay. Yeah, that that would be great. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Karen. All right. Thank you so much. Good night. So why don't we go ahead and hand out those phone numbers again. Learn how to become a... Oh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and hand Wrong out. button. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a live show, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, things like that, it happens it from does. time to time. It happens from time to so time. So we have open lines. So before we go to break, why don't you hand out our phone numbers again, please? Oh, most certainly. Uh, if you have a question for us, give us a call at 877-825-8828. That number one more time. Toll free, 877-825-8828. Or you can give us a call locally at 425-373-5527. Great. And we will be right back with the Marie Menu Cherry Show. Learn how to become a Reiki master in Seattle, July 25th, 26th, and 27th. Or in Portland, Oregon, November 7th, 8th, and 9th. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You'll learn how to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants while Marie uses her symbolic sight to provide individual feedback. You'll learn detailed information about the chakra system. You'll receive attunements with guided meditation and allow you to practice Reiki at the master level. Reiki is still Marie's favorite modality. This is truly a transformative weekend with healing and guided meditation. So call 425-825-5671 for more information or check out Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. Children's health issues here in Seattle. Currently, the United States has over 300,000 children diagnosed with autism. That's basically one out of every 150 children. We also have over 2 million children with attention deficit disorder. New research suggests that our children are experiencing autoimmune deficiencies that are affecting their brains. The solar plexus, or third chakra, governs the immune system. Energetically, the human race is collectively working on their solar plexus. The solar plexus is about self-love. Perhaps our children are teaching us on a core level how to love each other no matter what. Come to this one-day seminar and learn techniques on how to enhance a healthy immune system, how to heal our children, ourselves, and our world. For more information, call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie on the web at energyintuitive.com. For the people, by the people. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Great. So welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. We have Dr. Astrid Pajari on the, on the air with us today and on the phone because you can call in. And what are those numbers again, Tom? Those numbers, if uh, anybody would like to talk to Dr. Pujari today, is uh, number 1-877-825-8828. That toll-free number one more time, 877-825-8828. Or toll... <laughs> oh, man, I'm just stumbling all over the place today. That's okay. <laughs> or uh, locally, 425-373-5527. Right. So in your practice, um, Dr. Pujari, when I'm looking at all your lovely things that I've printed off your website, you know, that you integrate body, mind, and spirit, you know, so you approach um, people with their health issues also based on their spiritual needs as well. Yes. Yeah. So could you talk to us a little bit about that or what it means to you? Well, I think sometimes we think about 
health as something that's purely physical, you know, like my knee is hurting, my back is bothering me, my stomach is bothering me. And the, the powerful thing about health is it's similar to birth and death in which, for me at least, it's one of the few times in our lives, especially with more severe illnesses, I think it comes, you know, it becomes more obvious. But I think almost with any illness, we're forced to slow down and re-examine where we're at, where we're trying to go, and why we're here. And I think illness can be a very powerful transitional moment for a lot of people. And there's two ways you can take it. If you've got an illness, you know, whether it's cancer or something as simple as heartburn or whatever that is, hip pain, you can you can just treat it physically. And a lot of times it'll get better and you just move along your life without thinking twice about it. The other way you can approach it, though, is as an opportunity to really transform yourself as a person and to take it and end up becoming a happier, more fulfilled, and more purposeful person. And I think that's really an opportunity that I think I like to help people to facilitate. You know, no one can really force anyone to do that, and I honor whatever choice people make around it. But... I think it's really important to at least have the opportunity if you do want to do that in your life or you want to look at, you know, things in a deeper way that you have somebody to help you to negotiate and navigate that transition. So that's the way I think of it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed with people in my own practice who have, you know, in my opinion, have done a really great job of healing themselves um, is that they had to, or eventually, everyone commonly begins to fall in love with whatever happened to them, you know, or in some way have some great appreciation, whether it was severe back pain or cancer or some sort of disease process, um, which I have always found to be interesting because although I do my best to lead them down that path, it's really an individual experience, you know, and to what degree they can appreciate their health issues. That's right. And I think. I think that's true for really any physical issue that we go through, whether it's our health or whether it's a crisis at work or a crisis in our family or, you know, any place in our lives. We can take it and just kind of try to make it through and survive, which, you know, there's a lot of value just to surviving. Um, That's not a criticism in any way um, because it is a it's a big accomplishment simply to survive a lot of big crises. But what I think helps us to really um, be tr- personally transformed from crisis is um, investing that time and awareness into it. And I think sometimes it helps to have people to help you to do that. Yeah. Because it's, it can be a really hard and challenging thing to do. It can but, be. But the payoff is huge. Huge. Yeah. Transformational, which we talked a little bit off air. And, and we talked about cancer patients because you did do work for Virginia Mason in their oncology department, helping people utilize you know, healthy, naturopathic, holistic medications with their more traditional therapies. That's right. I used to, um, and I still do, work with a lot of oncology patients. I used to work at Virginia Mason um, for several years um, doing the holistic aspects of their oncology care, and now I do that at Pujari Center. But I really enjoyed working with cancer patients because, again, I feel I feel like cancer is such a big word to so many people mm-hmm. and can be really scary and intimidating to go through that, you mm-hmm. know, diagnosis. And I think to have somebody, again, who can um, help to journey that process with you and m- turn it into a more of an empowering thing than something that needs to cripple you or, you know, feel feel emotionally 
um, paralyzed by, I think, can really help. Right. And, and it's, it's a transitional experience for many people, obviously, because collectively, you know, the consciousness, at least of the earth plane is how terrifying cancer is. And it used to be something that, you know, when you were diagnosed with it, most likely you were not going to survive. And now that's really changed. You know, we see so many people, you know, um, creating more health in their body or at the very least living with cancer and living full and complete lives, which is phenomenal. Often fuller, yeah. <laughs> fuller, fuller lives. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's really true. So it's a pleasure to see that we're beginning to shift. That it's not the end of the world. Certainly, you know, we don't wish that on ourselves or anyone else. Um, but now it's. I think it's becoming um, a, a softer experience for many people, and not something that we consider to be um, that it has to be life threatening. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. And so I'm, I'm noticing that we have a caller on the line. So why don't we go to the phones, Tom? Yeah, we've got uh, Cheryl on the line from Tacoma. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Hi. Hi. What can Dr. Pajari do for you tonight? Well, my brother-in-law has uh, swelling in his hands, and he has arthritis. Um, they've been, he's been on pretty substantial medication as far as... Um, to get the swelling down, he's been on prednisone and so forth, and he's um, pretty frustrated at this point. And it seems as though they've diagnosed him and yet not. And I was wondering if you had any insights as to what um, what he could be doing differently than he's already doing. Tell me about what type of diagnosis he has. Um, at one point, and I think they may still be saying this, that it might be Sjogren's, I see, Sjogren's. And so he has arthritis with the Sjogren's? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really understanding um, how it differs, but yes. Okay. Um, so, and how old is he? Um, how old is he? He's about 47. Okay. Um, you know, again, uh, it's really difficult to make medical diagnoses and recommendations over the phone without seeing him in person or at least speaking to him. And in general, when we're talking about inflammation, there's some simple things we can all do to decrease inflammation in our bodies. And arthritis is really, on some level, an inflammatory disease. It's, you know, Sjogren's is an autoimmune disease, so there's a whole component there as well. Um, and that, that, really is more of a complex thing to address holistically. How, um, however, it is possible to do that and can be very effective, but it would take quite a bit more discussion and time than we have here today. In general, for inflammation, um, there's a f- number of things that we'll generally recommend in holistic medicine. One is cutting um, down on animal products. So that would be primarily um, meats and um, switching more to things like cold water fish. Salmon is a good example since we're here in the Northwest. Um, Because of the omega-3 fats in it, which actually tend to have um, less of an inflammatory effect than, say, the animal fats. So one simple thing to do is to try to cut down on um, a lot of animal meats, substitute in more cold water fish, You can even um, think about taking fish oil um, in order to supplement that. And there's a lot of different uh, fish oil products over the counter. For for the most part, they all have the same amount of fish oil in them per gel cap. So there's a lot of different variety, but um, for the most part, they have the same amount in them. 
the amount of fish oil to take um, for a general healthy person would be two capsules a day. Um, but for different problems, you can actually go higher than that. And I can't really specifically make a recommendation for your brother-in-law without seeing him to be able to tell you. But at the very least, two capsules a day is what um, we'll usually recommend. Other things you can do to decrease inflammation in the body include eating more dark green vegetables. They tend to help with inflammation and berries, um, things with dark pigments in them. So those are all anti-inflammatory um, things. Also cutting out refined sugars. So that includes white sugar, brown sugar, honey, molasses, high fructose corn syrup, things like that, sweets and pastries, white flour. All of those things will tend to increase inflammation in the body. So blueberries are a good anti-inflammatory. That's right. Yeah, wow. blueberries are great anti-inflammatory. Um, there's another, not another, excuse me, a number of berries that are really great anti-inflammatories. Mm. You know, a simple one too that people will use for gout is uh, uh, black cherries. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So. nice pigment. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cheryl, um, when I was listening to you talking with Dr. Pajari, you, I know that you're really upset, you know, and you're really worried about your brother-in-law. And, and I appreciate the fact that you care so much about him. But actually, it's not really great for you to be so upset, and it actually doesn't help him either, um, you know, because you actually have really strong energy. And, and hopefully, you know, that's what we want everyone to have is to be able to expand their auras. Actually, a minimum of three city blocks would be fabulous, but something that, of course, I work on myself all the time. Um, and so if you can see him well, even though right now clearly he's having a hard time, and, and I love how he's reached out for you because he's actually been a little bit more honest with you than he has with other people about whatever he's going through. Huh. Um, yeah, because he tends to hold things in. Um, arthritis, in my opinion, is a disease of not being able to let go of the past, you know, and so it creates this contraction that can make, you know, more of a wear and tear on our joints and the fluid in our joints. And so if he could learn to let go of the past, that would be phenomenal. And there is an exercise um, that I'll repeat in just a moment on, on the air. And then anything to do with autoimmune has a lot to do with self-love, you know, loving oneself. The solar plexus or the, the third chakra governs the immune system. And emotionally, at least the way I look at the chakra system, it's about loving oneself. So he's got two things going on, and they've probably been going on for a while. And because he has a, a strong personality as well, now they're kind of hitting each other and showing up in his body because for whatever reason he wasn't able to do some of that, you know, um, through, his, through his own life, his life experiences. So if he could look in the mirror, and, and I think men have a little bit of harder time than this than women, but look in the mirror, make eye contact, and say to himself that he's learning to love this man in the mirror. He's learning to be proud of him, and he's learning to believe that he's amazing. That could really help um, um, you know, help that solar plexus, which could ultimately, you know, create some positive results for his immune system. And then the letting go processes. Um, a lot of times, what we hold on to in the past, um, you know, we have these perceptions, these negative perceptions about things that happened. You know, real things that happened, but the perceptions wound us. Whether it's something we did or we didn't do, or that other people did onto us. And every time we um, think about them, even if they're in the back of our minds, we, we continue to rewound ourselves, you know, which again makes it really hard on the joints. And so if he could take a few moments and think about something great about him, think about what a wonderful daddy is if he's a father or some of the other accomplishments that he's had in his life. And when he feels good about himself, then he can recall one of the situations he has not been able to let go. And in, in more of an empowered place, he can ask himself, how did this situation help me to grow? 
And most likely he'll get a new perception, one that will make it easier for him to let go of the past. Okay. Okay. So I love the berries idea because I actually love blueberries and I'm going to eat more of them now. (laughs) There's something else, Cheryl, too, is it's interesting that Marie commented on that because sometimes um, what I see, at least in my practice, is you know, that letting go of the past can be related to a victim mentality. So you have a feeling. And what's a what's a victim? It's somebody who sees themselves as smaller or less powerful than they really are. Because we're all majestic, amazingly powerful, amazingly loving beings. And so to really give ourselves full credit for what we really are instead of shrinking ourselves. And I think those exercises Maria was just talking about can really help people to feel more empowered as well, you mm-hmm. know, which relates back to what you were yeah. talking about. Man, I guess you're right. I need to kind of um, pull back my own energy with a lot of different things that are going on in my life right now. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, he's your family is so lucky to have you. You care about everyone, and you're knowledgeable, and you know how, you're a problem solver. You know how to solve problems, which is truly a gift. Um, but I think it's wearing on you. And and, and I I know as a practitioner, and and I'm sure. Dr. Bajari feels very similar about many things in her life, too, is we have to let people figure it out, you know, and, and we wish we all had magic wands that we could just lightly tap people and all their problems would go away and all their bodies would heal. But the beautiful part about allowing people the honor of knowing that they heal themselves is that they can do it again and again and again and again because there are different things that come up in our lives. And if we feel that we are the ones that are doing it, then we can do it again. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, good. So see him well and healthy, and that will help him more than anything that you may be doing right now. Yeah, and it helped me too. Yeah, good. (laughs) You sound better already. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, thanks. Great. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we still have um, about 15 more minutes here on our program. We have lines open. So what are those phone numbers again, Tom? Uh, the toll-free number is one 825 8828 That number one more time, 877-825-8828, or locally at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-KKNW. Yay. And so, Astrid, what do you do for you to keep yourself healthy and well and, you know, to make sure that you're not working too hard? What do you do? Well, first thing is I work part-time. Yay. <laughs> and you have children. Yeah, I have children and a wonderful husband, too. Um, I meditate, actually, mm. at least three or four times a day. Wow. So, yeah, so I do that. That's a really big part of my life. And um, and then I take breaks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll take two weeks off or uh, whatever to do straight um, personal work rather than... Um, you know, because I think really the other thing is, you know, I tell people this, but you can only really help somebody to the extent you've already helped yourself. Absolutely. So unless, you know, in, you know, we're all learning, I'm learning and growing. And so the more I can do to help myself and learn and grow for myself, the more I have to share with others. I actually love everything that you just said. I think it's a great medical model to have the physicians and healers take really good care of themselves, which isn't something that we see traditionally in our healthcare system, holistically or otherwise, even, and of course we know allopathically. I can remember many days, you know, standing next to a physician who's eating their soup as fast as they can, you know, reading over many, many charts, and we're all standing behind them with many questions to ask as they're running on their lunch break. Been <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, that's fabulous. I think that's wonderful. And so do you share that with your patients, too, about what you do for you? Um, you know, I think it, a lot of times it just comes up because, 
I'm talking about things that have been helpful for me. Wonderful. Or, you know, but I don't, you know, usually people are coming there to talk about them. So I right. try to avoid talking about myself <laughs> too much. Oh, well, I'm sure it's wonderful <laughs> advice for them. It's yeah. fabulous. So why don't we go ahead and go back to the phones? Okay, we've got uh, Annette on the line from Seattle. Great. Hi, Annette. Hi. How can we help you? I had called in once before a few months ago, and I have, for about the last nine months, had this fluid that is under my lungs and in my abdomen that kind of increases and decreases, but has not gone away and actually is more increasing right now. And so I'm just wondering if there are any thoughts about that, all the blood tests have come back normal, you know, for liver, pancreas, all of those things. And so they're kind of stuck as to what would be causing them or did, what to do about it. Did they do a thoracentesis where they take um, fluid yes. off of the lung? And did they analyze it? What yes. did they find? Nothing. Did they tell you whether it was a transudate or an exudate? I know those are fancy medical terms. No, I haven't heard those before. Okay. Because... That really helps a lot with what we call sort of breaking down what the cause of it is. Um, and so the difference is, you know, one tends to be more high in protein and so on and so forth. But it, it tell, there's a really long list of things that can cause fluid in the lungs and abdomen. Um, so I, I probably can't comment on, on that, you know, giving you a specific diagnosis over the phone without looking at all the records. Mm-hmm. And specifically what that thoracentesis showed. One, um, you know, and then in terms of holistic things to try to assist you, one simple thing, again, comes back to protein. One of the things that happens when you have leaky, leaky blood vessels is you leak fluid into your, you know, into your lungs or abdomen or mm-hmm. so on. So one thing is to make sure you're getting enough protein because you need that protein to keep that fluid in your blood vessels um, so that it doesn't leak out. Okay. The other thing actually you could do, again, I would probably recommend seeing a provider uh, and getting another opinion um, and somebody who can look at it holistically. Okay. So not just, you know, from one paradigm because... Um, sometimes it really helps to get another set of eyes on things, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, I just know from being a primary care doctor that sometimes, you know, everybody can get stuck seeing things in some way, one way, especially when they've seen the same person over and over, it kind of like blinds you to mm-hmm. be. So that's why getting a second opinion can really help because they have sort of new eyes looking on the same problem. But another thing you can add in, in addition, is what I just mentioned with, with the um, person before was taking uh, vitamin C and grapeseed extract because, again, that helps to pull those blood vessels together. I'm not saying that that's going to resolve the fluid in your lungs and abdomen, but it probably wouldn't hurt. Um, okay, and that was gra- vitamin C and grape? Grapeseed extract. Grapeseed, okay. Yeah, grapeseed usually I'd recommend 300 milligrams two times a day. Um, you really, for the vitamin C... Um, uh, what I mentioned before was 1,000 milligrams three times a day, but you really shouldn't do that if you have any kidney problems. And sometimes fluid in the lungs and abdomen can be related to undiagnosed um, kidney problems. So I would probably recommend that you see somebody before doing the vitamin C portion of that. Okay. And, and Annette, I've seen you actually, haven't I, in the yeah. house? Yeah. And so I think the next best step would um, go see Dr. Pajari. Right, because you've obviously seen holistic practitioner, and you've seen allopathic medicine, and so 
now someone who can kind of look at it. But those fresh eyes that she was talking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if that works for you, don't mean to push you, you know, but I think it would be a great idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the protein actually feels very good when you were speaking about it, um, oh. Dr. Bajari. It just felt really great, the protein. Yeah. Okay. So there's something about that as well, I'm sure. All right. Yeah. Good. Great. Well, thank you very much. And best of luck to you. Thank you. And wonderful healing. Thanks. You bet. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling. So why don't we continue on to the phones? Okay, we've got Cindy on the line from Seattle. Great. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Great. Um, I have, and I'm, I truly admit, um, I used to be in denial, but I truly admit that I'm addicted to sugar, especially chocolate. And I love it throughout the whole day. And I know how the effects of that are extremely um, not healthy for my body. And I've tried um, this program, I don't know if you've heard of Woman to Woman, and Mm -hmm. they talk about eating enough fats, protein, and non-starchy vegetables. And I'll start off and I'll feel great, and I'll feel a lot more alive and not as tired, but then I, I guess it's called a relapse, and start to, I'll say, oh, I'll just have one small packet of peanut M&Ms, and then that's great, and then the next day, I'll have two, and then it you know, it gets worse and worse, and then I have to, like, start cold turkey again. I just wondered if you had any insights to why I'm doing that or if you have any other advice. I have some thoughts on that. Um, one of the things in holistic medicine that can sometimes cause this severe uh, feeling of craving to sugar and chocolate is actually not a diagnosis that's necessarily well accepted by conventional medicine. Um, uh-huh. So this would be sort of more in the holistic paradigm of things. But I found it to be a helpful way of looking at things sometimes when we're having trouble figuring out other things. So as long as you've ruled out diabetes and all those conventional medical diagnoses, which it sounds like you have, this would be something to think about, which is um, the candida syndrome, where Mm -hmm. you end up having... So the way I usually think of that is the way, you know, if you clear-cut a forest, um, there's all sorts of plants that normally live there that until you clear-cut, wouldn't normally flourish and grow and go crazy. But when you clear-cut that forest, all of a sudden those plants get out of balance and grow. So they're always there, but they grow, um, flourish under these unusual circumstances. The same thing can happen with yeast in our gut. So everybody normally has some yeast in their gut, but under stress... Um, sometimes with oral contraceptives, antibiotic use, travel, sugar, sugar, Mm -hmm. yeah, sugar itself can actually cause this kind of clear cutting effect where you have an extreme growth of yeast in proportion to the other beneficial bacteria in your gut. When that happens, there's a whole program that usually holistic providers will recommend including actually avoiding sugar completely for a while, um, using various supplements, um, doing some dietary changes, especially eliminating certain foods, um, not just sugar sometimes, but including milk products, wheat products, stuff like that, um, that can be really helpful for kind of cutting out that addiction feeling um, once and for all. But the thing about that approach, I just want to be upfront, is it does take a lot of motivation, right? So sometimes it helps to, again, see somebody because helping you to do what you already want to do, which is, you know, feel better. But sometimes like, you know, all of us as human beings need a little bit of help and accountability. So, you know, kind of getting that boost to um, get the accountability that you want, you know, just like going to personal trainer. 
Yeah. Right. And, you know, and candida really is at epidemic proportions in our culture, I think. You know, it's we've overeaten unhealthy foods and sugars and taken large amounts of antibiotics and all kinds of interesting things. And, and it's just really nice to get the normal flora in your gut, mm-hmm. you know, to function in a lovely way. And, you know, Cindy, you are just adorable, by the way. Mm-hmm. When you were talking, Dr. Bajar and I were smiling because you're just so adorable. <laughs> you are. You know, so I can see why you're, you know, you love sweets because you really are sweet yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's just what you have to learn to believe oh, is that you are sweet, you know, because candidas, um, you know, the overgrowth of yeast is also an autoimmune disorder. So it's about that solar plexus again, falling in love with you, mm-hmm. you know, bringing things to balance and believing that you're just as sweet as those delicious chocolate covered M&Ms that you um, started with today. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was wonderful. Bye. Bye bye. Um, so I'm just going to go over a few things because I tend to forget to bring these things up, but I'll be teaching a class Saturday at the Residence in Marriott in Seattle. It's called Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. It's an all-day class, so it starts at 10, ends at 5. And then I will be in the Portland area May 16th, 17th, and 18th. I'll be doing a two-hour evening class on Friday evening, Embrace Your Intuition, at the Embassy Suites Portland Airport Hotel. And then on Saturday, again, Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life, all day, 10 to 5. And then on Sunday, between 10 and 5, I'll be teaching the Energy Medicine Experience, where I'll be talking about the chakra system and energy medicine, health issues, disease processes, and I'll be doing hands-on healing and talking about what I do um, in my practice at the class and, and teaching people what I know about energy medicine. So that's what's coming up with me. It has been absolutely a pleasure having you here on, on the show, Dr. Pajari. Thank you so much. And I'm just so grateful that you found that book in the library, that you became an allopathic physician, and that you learned so much about holistic medicine and, and all your meditation. I mean, obviously, you're a strong spiritual person, and you're bringing all of your wisdom to your patients and your family. And thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. And I would love to have you on the show again. Sure. I'd love to, too. Oh, great. (laughs) Great. And we'll all look forward to your articles in the Seattle Times and and everything. It's just been absolutely a pleasure having you. So, everyone, um, have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for listening to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I hope that your evening is blessed. And we'll be back next week with um, Susan Miller from Astrology Zone. So she has a a huge, um, I think, six million hits on her um, website every month on astrology. And so she has incredible accuracy. She'll be calling in from Manhattan, New York. Um, She used to be a columnist for the New York Times, and now she writes for various magazines throughout the United States and abroad. So it'll be really fun to talk to Susan. She's got a great, um, compassionate spirit and humor as well. So listen to the Marie Manu Cherry Show next week, and you can call in and and ask um, Susan Miller questions about your astrology. Until then, have a wonderful and safe evening.